0: at that time, let me help you remember, that's when the Japanese dropped the bombs on Pearl Harbor. It was an unexpected attack because we weren't at war. Yet, since the 1920s, we had been preparing for war with Japan. Why weren't we ready? They were a declared enemy. The Bible tells us that you're under attack... From an enemy that's a declared enemy. Peter calls him a lion lion seeking whom whom he may devour. I can't even talk somewhere. Excuse me. A lion seeking whom he may devour. Pastor John MacArthur said the Christian life is a battle. It's warfare on a grand scale. Because when God wants to bless, Satan begins to attack. Pastor Kurt Herring wrote that daily we face a battle with the devil who loves nothing more than to wrest us away from our loving Father. And Paul wrote, here in in Ephesians, stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We're in a battle. And if we're not prepared for the battle, the results will be worse than what happened at Pearl Harbor. We'll suffer the consequences of our lack of preparation, which is we may falter in our Christian life. We may not have, live a life to bring Christ's glory. We may not love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So let me give a little background to, to this church at Ephesus. Uh, there's so much about the church of Ephesus in the Bible and and. Because we've got the letter there. Paul uh, visited there. We read about it in Acts. And he was one of the letters that was addressed in, uh, in Revelation. So Paul wrote the, the Ephesians church during his second missionary, excuse me, his second Roman imprisonment. The first time Rome, Paul was in Rome, in prison, he was in a rented house. He couldn't go anywhere, but he could have guests come in all the time and they could minister to him and, and bringing, bring him. Uh, everything he needed for two years he was in a rented house now paul's in a dungeon it's a little bit different situation he's chained to a roman soldier 24 7 and as he's chained and looked at this soldier it must have reminded him of scripture as he's growing up because he quoted from the prophet isaiah when he described the the christian's armor isaiah eleven five says also righteousness will be the belt around the hips And faithfulness or truth will be a belt around his waist. Isaiah 52.7 How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Then in Isaiah 59.17 He put on righteousness as body armor and a helmet of salvation on his head. Paul had spent a lot of time in in Ephesus. Uh, He spent... Uh, two years and three months teaching there, longer than he spent in any other churches. And some interesting things happened there. Uh, Luke says in chapter 19 of the book of Acts that there was a riot in the town. All because people weren't buying the little copies of the goddess Diana that were made by the silversmith. Why weren't they buying them? A lot of people got saved. I love that when I hear that voice from heaven. I just love that. Anyway. Um, so, because of the uproar, because of the threat on his life, Paul had to leave Ephesus. Later, Paul wrote the church of Corinth, and he said, I fought with beasts at Ephesus. Now, we don't read that in, in Acts. We don't know for sure whether Paul was talking about something symbolic or he was literally in prison. But tradition says that Paul was imprisoned prison in Ephesus, and he fought the wild beasts in the arena. Uh, another thing about this letter, it doesn't mention a lot of uh, uh, personal details. So this letter to to the Ephesians may have been an encyclical letter, meaning it was to address to the other churches in the region. And and as you book the re- excuse me, as you read the book of Revelation, chapters two and three, you read about those churches in the region. Uh, so this is this is some of the background of of who Paul's writing. Now we're gonna read just a few verses from our text. I know Mike's talked about the armor of God. We're going to actually talk about the armor itself next week. This is kind of uh, an introduction to the armor. But let's stand in honor of the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with the 10th verse. Finally, Paul's one of those preachers that says finally, but then he goes on for another several uh, verses. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord. And by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers. Against the authorities. Against the cosmic powers of this darkness. Against evil. Spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason. Take up the full armor of God. So you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand. Father, thank you for your word. We pray, Father, that as you speak to our hearts, that we will respond to you, Lord. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The first thing Paul said in his finally section is to prepare for the battle. And he said there's, there's power for the battle. Now... The Ephesian church didn't need to be reminded that they were in a battle. Uh, Albert Barnes said in his commentary that Ephesus was the principal seat of idolatry in the world at that time. Ephesus was notorious for its luxury and immorality. Now, Remember there in Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the Temple of Diana. And it was filled with those those ghostly looking priests, as somebody described them, and and miracle workers abound. And the people uh, were were taken advantage of by the, by by all that was there. The cult worship was there. There was black magic. Uh, the city was was preoccupied with the black arts. And then, of course, there was the the prostitution that went on in the temple, part of the worship of Artemis. And it was a home of criminals because. Criminals could go to Ephesus and find sanctuary there in the the temple. And then Ephesus was famous for what's been called the Ephesian letters that were guaranteed to protect someone on a journey or would provide children to the childless or success in love or business. So people came from all over the world just to buy these, these magic parchments which they wore as, as amulets or charms. And that's what the city is, where this church is. And we talked about last week that the church of today faces some of the same problems that Ephesus did. I mean, our nation faces moral, a moral problem that just like the Ephesians did. It's, there's, the morality is terrible. Uh, too many times we set the wrong Priorities. And we put on pedestals the people that have the most toys and the most fame. By the way, whose life today has changed by what happened last weekend at, from 5 to 8 o'clock? Most of you are going, what? Super Bowl. Didn't change your life, did it? We Americans have a fascination with the occult, and you go on Facebook or, or some of the other Uh, platforms and see all that there Uh, and there's a strong anti-christian movement just as the words in ephesus in 2009 i know that's uh 13 years ago but there was an article written by a, a blogger by the name of michael spencer and he wrote i believe and this is why it's important because we're living in those days i believe we were on the verge within 10 years of a major collapse of evangelical christianity who expected to see the covid pandemic come and how it's hurt churches across america this week i read an article and and i can't remember the name of the church for sure but uh so i won't mention the name but it was a church that ran about 4500 weekly before the pandemic 4500 they've yet to return to services in their building all online they sold their building last week They just could not afford Upcake. They didn't. Anyway, uh, Spencer goes on to write intolerance of Christianity will rise to levels many of us have not believed possible in our lifetimes. Now, his timetable may be off just a little bit, but we're beginning to see that. We're in a battle. But Paul says there's power for the battle. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He didn't say, Mike, get out there and exercise and be strong, did he? Saw a commercial this week. People are doing push ups with their fingers. You know, you know, it's not talking about that. First, Paul says it's an imperative, be strong. That's a command. That's something that God says to us be strong. That means to grow in Christ, to be mature. But not only is it imperative, in the Greek, it's it's in a tense that means to do it and keep on doing it. So to get strong in the Lord, we just need to keep doing it. Um, As you can tell from my physique, I'm not a weightlifter. Okay? I just don't have a weightlifter's body. But I've heard that once a weightlifter stops lifting, he begins to look more like me than what he used to look like. So... What Paul is saying is this, we're to be strong in the Lord, you're commanded, and you're to keep on doing it. Whatever it is to to get you to be strong in the Lord, he says keep on doing it. We'll talk about that in a minute. Bible commentator Merrill Tenney said it's like some of those sinks in those old farmhouses that had a spring running all the time that would always keep the sink filled up. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're to be continually filled with the Lord. And then Paul says that our strength is not in ourselves, it's in the Lord. Now, it's just the opposite of what happens in life. When a baby's born, you don't tell them, hey, there's the kitchen. There's the bathroom. Don't leave a mess. They're totally dependent. And as they grow up, you try and teach them independent, so that when they go out into life, they're totally independent. The Christian life is just the opposite of that. We're born totally independent in the Christian life, spiritually, and we're to grow in dependence upon the Lord. And that's how we get strong in the Lord. We depend upon Him more and more. Paul writes to the church at Philippi, I can do all things because I'm so strong. Is that what he said? No. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, my my strength is in the Lord. He said, I can't do it on my own power or ability, but I can stand firm in Christ. You can be a mature believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it doesn't just happen just because you get older. You know, I've seen some baby Christians that were old, older than me. And I've seen strong Christians that are younger than me. But it takes preparation for the battle. And that preparation begins with dependence upon the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Being obedient to the Lord. Trusting Him to to do what He says in our lives. So, first Paul says there's power for the battle. Be strong in the Lord. The second thing he says... Be in the right position for battle. Stand firm. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 13, for this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand. That word to stand firm or to take your stand comes from the idea of a Roman soldier. Now I'm... I'm not real good at estimating, but I would say this stage is about 16 by, or four foot by four foot. Sixteen square feet. Is that right? Yeah, sixteen square feet. And he was to def- able to defend that with his life. Sixteen square feet. And the soldier next to him did that, and the soldier next to him did that. But he was responsible for this sixteen square feet. He was to stand firm. And we're going to see next week how his armor would help him to defend that. But to be able to stand firm, he had to use every piece of armor that God gave him. Every piece. He couldn't just say, well, today, you know, I don't want to wear those shoes. They're not real comfortable. They're not good looking. I'll not wear those. And, and well, I'll not take my sword because um, I've got my shield. No, it says take up all of it, take up the whole armor of God. And then in the Greek text, the tense is one of urgency. Do it now. Stand firm, do it now. The idea of put on the whole armor of God has the idea of of permanence. Paul says we're to clothe ourselves in in the armor of God and we're to keep it on. We're to stand firm. Our position is to be always ready. And then the voice of of the language means to do it yourself. I can't depend upon you guys praying for me for the army of God to be on. I hope you're praying for me. I need your prayers. Believe it. But the idea is we put it on ourselves and how do we do it in prayer Ephesians 6:18 says pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and insurrection excuse me intercession for all the saints put on the whole armor of God that word whole armor literally is what that means it's two words crammed together it means take up take it all up truth righteousness the gospel of peace peace faith salvation god's word The idea is to put it on to be able to stand firm. Today is Andrew Christina's 12th anniversary. And I remember whenever they first got married, learning about Andrew and what he did. He was in the Air Force. Okay. Air Force. That's that's that interference from the Air Force. That's what that was. I always love the sound effects too. Anyway, um, he was a a hydraulics engineer or a hydraulics technician whatever he worked on brakes on the 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 C-130 Warthog excuse me yeah that's right the C-130 or excuse me the C-130 Hercules which is a huge cargo plane C for cargo and the A-10 A for attack is the Warthog both planes are planes they've used for over 40 years now, I got to crawl up into, went out to, to Davis monthan Air Force Base after they got married not long, very long. And went out and got to crawl up in the cockpit of a C 130. Huge plane. If you've ever been in the cockpit of one of these big planes, you see they've got dials everywhere. I don't know how you know what all the dials are, but they've got all these dials, they've got all these knobs, uh, and they've got things, places for your hands and places for your feet. And, and anyway, it's got all this stuff. And the job of the technicians and the, and the mechanics that work on those planes is to make sure that every single part functions properly. Now, I know that plane would, would work if some of those gauges didn't work. And I know the plane would work if the guns were jammed. And I know that the plane would work if, if they couldn't get a bomb in there but it wouldn't work like it's supposed to. It wouldn't work better than it was, or perfect for the battle. You see, God has given us armor that every piece we're supposed to put on and and be prepared for the battle to stand firm against the schemes or the wiles of the devil. That word, I've told you before, I'm a word nerd, I love words. That word wiles or schemes is a word that describes an animal. Have you ever watched those, those shows from Africa that shows you the big cats that are sneaking down in the, the tall grass and they're sneaking up? And I don't know how they do it because they're so big, and, but they're quietly sneaking up and they come up on the unsuspecting uh, flock of animals and they catch them. That's that word that's used here. Paul says that's what the devil's like. He's sneaking up. He's cunning. He's trying to attack you. That's why we need the, the armor. That's why we need to be prepared. So what happens if we're not prepared? We fail in our Christian life. Sometimes we fall away from Christ. We don't bring Christ's glory. We don't demonstrate with the, that we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Paul says we need to be prepared. So the power for the battle comes from surrendering to the Lord. The position in battle is to stand firm. Next, Paul talks about the predator of the battle, which is Satan. Verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Sometimes we think it is. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the enemy. Excuse me, in the heavens. Who... We, we've talked often about how times have changed. Times have changed from from when I was a teenager. I mean, when I was a teenager, uh, I had one band on my radio in my car, and it played AM. And at night, you could get a radio station from a long ways away, and that's all you had. And I had five buttons, but only two of them were programmed. WKY and don't remember the other one. It's all, it's all you had. Well, now I get in my truck, I can turn on satellite radio, and it doesn't matter where I go, I can listen to the same station all over the United States. Or I can plug my phone in and I can play stuff I've got stored on my phone. Or my granddaughter can hook up the, the tablet. And watch her videos and it play over my... Time's changed. Sometimes changes aren't so good. Sometimes we see all this evil in, in the world around us and we say, Man, that's terrible. And we see, what, we see things on TV and, and movies and the internet that, we, that would never have been shown when we were younger. And we begin to say, Well, the problem is liberalism. The problem is... Hollywood, the pro- no, that's not what the problem is. Paul says the enemy is not people, the enemy is the devil. Our struggle is against Satan, against rulers, against powers, world forces of this darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness. So Paul says we need to be prepared because we need to recognize who the enemy is and recognize that the battle is personal. That word struggle, our, in, in there in verse 12, uh, for our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That word struggle gives the idea of two wrestlers that, that are engaged in combat. But these aren't wrestlers that are wrestling in, in a dual meet or in a tournament. These are wrestlers that are wrestling to defend their own life. These are, rest, that the, these are wrestlers that, that the outcome could, could be death for one of them. And so in hand-to-hand combat, the soldiers were, were trained uh, to use every skill that they had. And so that's what it's talking about. Our struggle is, is also between individual combatants. It's not against a, a vast army. John MacArthur wrote about this passage, Though Satan and his followers know they are sentenced eternally to the bottomless pit, prepared in hell for them, they seek desperately to change that fate if they can, warring ceaselessly to break the power of God and destroy the things of God, especially the church. So Paul says, if we do everything to stand, we can bring Christ's glory. And we can have victory in our Christian life. And we can have an impact upon the world we live in. Paul says, there's power for the battle. We're in a battle. You're in a battle. Go outside the doors of this church, you're going to see you're in a battle. If If you pick up a newspaper, which most people don't read newspapers today, you find out we're in a battle. If you read your news on the internet, you're in a battle. If you watch the news on TV, which... Somebody today said, well, I never watch TV. But if you read your news on the TV, you see we're in a battle. But there's power for the battle. And the power begins when we learn to depend upon the Lord. We surrender to the Lord. We spend time with the Lord and surrender to His leadership in our lives. We trust Him. And we do what He says. Do you know how I can tell you whether you trust the Lord or not? Whether you obey the Word of God. If we don't trust what God says, we're not going to do what he says. But if we trust him, we're going to live according to his word. There's power for the battle. Secondly, the position for the the battle is to stand firm. Stand firm in Jesus, putting on the whole armor of God, and we'll talk about that next week, what the armor is. But we stand firm, putting it all on. Ready when the enemy attacks and he is subtle. The predator is Satan. And he's seeking to destroy you. He wants to destroy your Christian life. He doesn't want you to be faithful. He, doesn't, he wants other people to look at you and say, well, if that's the way a Christian is, I don't want any part of it. Because we want to live in a way that brings Christ's glory. So Paul says, put on the full armor. So let me ask you a question. Where's your power come from? Are you dependent upon the Lord? Where's your power come from? What's your position? Are you standing firm or do you wilt like the grass in the heat? Do you recognize who the predator is, the enemy is, is Satan and not the world around you? Because if we fight, spend all our time fighting against those people in the world around us, we'll forget And it's really Satan's the one. We need to live for Christ. Father, you've said the evil day is coming. And it's here. And that we're to stand firm in Christ. To be strong in the Lord. Help us, Father, to learn dependence on you. To be strong. To be strengthened in your power. To surrender to you with our whole life that you may be glorified, that we trust you and are obedient to what your word says. Father, help us to stand firm, having done everything to stand, knowing that when the enemy attacks with all his, his cunning and his deceitfulness, that we can stand firm because we're trusting in you. Father, help us to recognize that we're not fighting against a fleshly enemy. That all this evil we see going on around us is a symptom of a world that's surrendered to Christ. Excuse me, that has not surrendered to Christ, that needs to surrender to Christ. And so Father, help us to have hearts for those And to pray for him. And to open our mouths to speak the truth when we have an opportunity to do that. Father, my prayer is you be glorified in me and in our lives. and Whatever that requires, that we'll do that today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation to Him in just a moment. So I encourage you to stand as God's spoken to your heart. I encourage you to do what as he says. Maybe you need to surrender. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I'm not being faithful. Whatever. As God speaks to you, you do it. Let's stand together. Oh, thank you.